good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Choso Podcast presented by the SwaffReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodall, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. Um, I hope you all enjoyed the the the, the Dawson uh, I'm about to say, I'm about to say Dawson Hurlson, <laughs> the, the uh, Dawson Hurl ep- episode from Monday. As promised, here we're back with the second of the two one-on-ones. Again, just to reiterate, here signing day special will be Monday, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time on the YouTube channel. It should be up sometime after midnight on Spotify if you wish to listen to just the audio. Um, on your morning commute to work or or commute home from work, uh, whatever, whatever have you. But the video with the highlights will be up um, Monday, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. The link is in the description below. We do have a first today, however. I think this is the first time, if I'm recalling properly, we have, yeah, because Peter Roberts is already grad gone. So, yeah, I think this is the first time we, we, we have a... Um, we have a, a I don't know how do I want to phrase this like a, se- a second. We have we have a, re- a returning guest. First time we have a returning guest that is continuing their athletic career in a various pro league. So without further ado, after after all that, without further ado, I'm gonna go ahead and bring on my guest now. I'm joined by former University of Central Oklahoma and current challengers defensive back Trayvon Craig. Uh, Trayvon, thank you once again for coming on and, and talking to us. Uh, last time we talked to you, it was ahead of your senior season back in 2022. Uh, a lot's changed since since then. You you graduated, uh, and now you're playing professionally in Japan. So I guess first. Um, how, how how do you feel about the way your UCO career ended on the football field? Um, Not too bad. I feel like I made the best of the opportunities I was presented with. Obviously, I would have liked it to have gone a little bit better, making all-conference or all-American or even getting to a bowl game. But, you know, things just play out the way they do. I don't think it was an overall bad career, though. Uh, and and you you all your your class you Rob Mike um, all those guys you were able to at least end with a winning season that hadn't been done in I think about three or four years. So uh, what did that mean to you, knowing you at least were able to walk off that field for the last time, uh, a, a a a winner with with a winning record? Right. Yeah. It, I mean, it meant a lot. Like you said, we hadn't had a winning season th- since I think uh, 2019 was my first season on the team. Um, I believe we went six and five also. Um, but, man, it meant a lot because, you know, as you continue to play games and you're working hard, everybody coming in training hard in the off season and the summer workouts and all that, you're getting amped up and ready for the season. And then it don't go the way that you want it to go. Sometimes, you know, the season can start to drag on when you're just getting beat on. and Or, you know, even the year before, we were losing a lot of games, but it was close games, like by a touchdown or so. So it can just get draining. And it, I, I know it, it was good for the team as well as the coaching staff to be able to end on a positive note. Uh, and and when 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 you kind of you talk about because we started fast and you were like five and two. And then you had the kind of the the slid that thing was like Wasberg, Pitt and somebody else. Um, how, how were you all able, though, to kind of find a way to um, 
respond to that in that season finale because it could have been easy for it to just spiral and say, yeah. well, you know, our bowl hopes are gone. Um, you know, like what, what else is there to really play for? But I thought you all and Singer Day really uh, played for each other, for the seniors. Um, so, like, what kind of was the mindset going into that final game? I guess it was really just that, like giving each other all we got one last time because even though we didn't have any opportunity to get into a bowl game really or to make the playoffs or anything, we still wanted to end on a positive note and not finish our careers with a losing season. So I think it just was making sure that we knew that this was for us as a group and just being competitive. I don't think our competitive nature would have let us just lay down and not finish the season how we wanted. And when you kind of look back on your UCO journey from being a trial player to to being a starter, uh, what what kind of sticks out to you the most? Um, what do you mean in terms of like what I went through? Yes. Um, I think just the group of people that I had around me, because you know the team changes every semester, so there's there's people in and out all the time, but. The people that I really got to grow close with over those years being there um, and just being able to find people that were had the same mindset as me that wanted to work all the time and just fell in love with the game and was always on the field, always working out. So it was a select few players I had each year that if I called them at 11 o'clock at night, was like, you trying to hit the field? They'd be like, yeah, let's go and we'll find somewhere to go. So that was kind of what stuck out to me was being able to be around a group of people that loved the game as much as I did. So you wrapped up your UCL career. So then now how do we go from Edmond all the way to Japan? <laughs> really is a crazy story. So, you know, social media is wild right now. So really, I was scrolling on TikTok one day and I came across this dude's profile that was um, talking about playing professionally in Japan. And I had never heard of the league before. So I watched the video and um, it looked pretty cool. Like the the... The scenery, the gameplay style, like everything looked just interesting to me. So I reached out to him and asked him how he ended up getting over there. And uh, he responded back and said, basically, he messaged them on their social media page. And then they went from there. So I was like, all right, cool. So I really only messaged two teams. There's uh, two divisions. There's the X1 Super, which is what I play in. And there's X1 Area, which is like a lower level. Um, But there's about 24 teams, 12 in each division. I only messaged two teams in the Super. It was the team that he was on and then the team I played for. Um, and then I kind of just, I sent the message out, just throw a feeler out there and then went on about my business. And they ended up getting back to me like a couple weeks later. And from there, everything just went fast. I ended up signing and got out of there. So, okay, that's, <laughs> that's like your journey here is crazy. Cause like, man. <laughs> Because <laughs> you were, we're talking about you started your, your your athletic journey in college started as a wrestler at mm-hmm. it was Wisconsin Parkside, and now right. here we are. Fast forward, you're signing to play football in Japan. Yep. In that moment when you signed that contract, like what was going through your through your mind? Um, honestly, it was just a relief and a blessing to be able to continue doing what I love to do. Because obviously, my the way my career started out was me chasing a dream, like chasing after my passion, wanting to do something that I felt like I could do at that level. And it's, it's no different for me now. I feel like I'm more than capable of being a professional way. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I feel like I'm supposed to be on a professional level. 
So it was like, I just kept betting on myself and then going through, um, you know, the pro day didn't really turn out how I wanted to. It wasn't really much interest um, coming from CFL teams or NFL teams, understandably. Um, and so I was doing, during that process, I was doing a whole bunch of workouts, open tryouts and all that. And it was like, I think I did like four or five months straight of just doing that. So it was, it was starting to get like, all right, am I about to have to let this go? I really ain't want to. But when I reached out to them and they got back to me, reviewed my film, did an interview and they liked how I interviewed, liked how my film looked. It just was really a relief and a blessing to be like, it was, it was reassurance. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm not done yet. So now when you got, when you got over to Japan, mm-hmm. um, what, I guess, were your first impressions? <laughs> Man, it was crazy. I never left the country before. The only reason I had my passport was because I was going over there. I had to do a real quick turnaround process with that. So it was, um, it was very different, but I'm, I'm a very spontaneous person. I feel like I adjust well to things I'm not used to. So when I got out there, it hit immediately when, when we landed, because I landed in Tokyo first. And you have to go through customs when you come into a new country. So I didn't know that you could fill out a customs form before you get on the plane. So I could have filled out the English version. But now I'm in Japan. I don't read no Japanese. And I'm having to fill out a customs form in Japanese. And I'm over here asking people. They don't really speak no English at the airport. So I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I kind of filled it out what I thought was happening. And I guess I didn't mess it up because I ain't end up in jail or nothing. But it was, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, I mean, that is an important thing. That would have been very tough. You get off the plane, you go to jail, I call the team, like, hey, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, if they bring meat products into, into Japan, I almost got in trouble with that. I had a bag of beef jerky. You're not allowed to bring that in. I had to throw it out. They almost got me a couple times. Yo, how was I aware of that? Well, okay, that's, okay, that's, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, uh, and there's more differences than just language. Like, speaking of food, I know the food's different. So, like, mm-hmm. how long did it kind of take you to get acquainted to the uh, Japanese lifestyle? Um, not long at all. It was. I think the thing that made it a lot easier was um, we had a rookie receiver came from ULM Boogie Night. Um, we were. I got there like two days before he did. So I had somebody else that was there going through the process with me. It wasn't like I had to get accustomed by myself. So for that whole for the whole season, we would just we work out together, go travel places together, figure out the training systems and everything, like the language and navigating everything together. So it wasn't really like it wasn't too hard because I didn't have to do it by myself. So we was kind of like struggling with that together until we figured it out. But I say it maybe took like a month to get like really comfortable and in a routine. So it really wasn't long at all. Yeah, because it's because I because because when I when I saw your teammate with Boogie Night, I'm like that's pretty cool because his team, one of his teammates was one of your former teammates in Tyrone Howe. So I was like, that's a pretty cool connection right there. Um, so Crazy. so kind of like what is a uh, uh, smells our old strength and conditioning coach went over there to ULM too, so he knows him too. Oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah, that's yeah. I'm t- it's a really small world. Yep. <laughs> that's kind of insane to me. That's the case. Um, so, kind of like, what was 
what was like a, a, a normal day for you over there? Um, well, they, they have a really weird practice schedule. So we only practice on Saturday and Sunday during the week. Everybody else, uh, the Japanese players all have full-time jobs. So they work during the week and then they practice on the weekends. And then we get paid to just, there's three of us on three Americans on the team and we get paid to just play football. So all throughout the week, we don't have anything that we have to do. So we just keep uh, our training schedule and pretty much stick to that. So it'll be like a Monday through um, Friday. We'll work out from at like 7 or 8 a.m., depending on when we get up. Probably we'll lift, um, do some cardio, go to the field, hit the ice bath, uh, hot tub, and probably be done with that around like 1.30, 2 o'clock, depending on where we're at in the season. And then from after that, we kind of just got the rest of the day to do it, whatever we want. So typically, we just go explore. We live in Amagasaki, so it's like a 15-minute train ride from Osaka. So we'll go out there or go to uh, Kobe, two big cities that are real close to us, and just kind of go explore or whatever. And them cities are big enough to where we didn't even get to explore half of it while we were out there. So there's a whole lot, a bunch of different stuff to do every day. So, so only practicing two days a week. Like I know that's got to be different coming from you know high school and college where you do it four days a week. Um, so like the the two days you all did practice. I mean, was it was it a lot jam packed into those two days, or was it did it feel like it was like a normal practice similar to how it was in in, in college and high school? Yeah, not even close. It was so much packed into that. I'm talking about we up there at like 9 a.m. and we not getting home to like 6, 7 p.m. It's we're not on the field that whole time, but between meetings, uh, working out, getting on the field, and we'll probably have meetings and film after that too. Like just from start to finish, the whole process was an all day thing, Saturday and Sunday. Um, but then when we got more into the season, it'll cut down a little bit, but we still going to like 3, 4 p.m. and then we got our game days. Now and and how like how long did that take to it? Just because I'm sure you used to like two or three hour practices four days a week. So now you're there like almost like it's literally from almost sun to sundown. So like how, how what was that kind of adjustment period like? Honestly, I really don't even know for real because it was I didn't have much time to feel the adjustment because I um I landed in Japan on. I want to say Friday. I landed on Friday and practiced Saturday, Sunday. So the next day I was at practice. Like, and they, uh, what was it? I think it was 14 hours ahead at the time before we do all the spring forward, fall back stuff. I think they're 14 hours ahead. So I land there. I sleep for maybe like three hours that night and get up. We go lift in the morning and I wasn't really supposed to practice but at this point i ain't touched the field in like four or five months just to be able to play some so I was like, All right, i'm gonna practice so i really ain't even adjust for it we just jumped out there and started going the whole day and it's just over time my body kind of got used to it but okay now, now you so because you're factoring in the time difference you're factoring oh. in i'm sure there was some kind of jet lag you're running on three hours of sleep yeah. And you go through the full gauntlet of workout and practice. What, how were you feeling after that? Um, I really don't even, I can't even describe it. It, was, it wasn't that bad, honestly. It really wasn't that bad. It 
the toughest adjustment I had to make was my sleep schedule. But in terms of my body being able to feel fine, like I was running fine, moving, my body was under control, everything. So it wasn't like, it was something that immediately I was fine on the field. But it probably took me two weeks to adjust my sleep schedule. But it wasn't like, it really wasn't nothing crazy like you would think it would be. Um, and so your 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 first game, the time because again here you are, here you are you you're winning for the for this for this opportunity to continue your football career. Here mm-hmm. here it is your first game as a pro. What well, kind of talk through what were the emotions? What kind of was your mindset going into that first game? Um. I mean, it, it really wasn't any different than like it would have been in college. I was just ready to play, ready to compete. And it was a little bit, I guess I'll say I was a little nervous because I was at a, a new position. When I, uh, in college, I was typically safety and nickel. And when I got to Japan, my first two or three games, they had me at corner. I did play some nickel um, later in the season too. And that ended up being my primary position. But for the first two or three games, I was mostly at corner, which was, Different. I ain't never played that before. That was a little nerve wracking doing that, not really knowing the game from that perspective. But um, it ain't. It it really ain't take long to adjust. And it was just at that point we on the field, so it's just time to have fun. Uh, And when you when you had to end up playing corner early on, what what kind of was the hardest part of the switch from safety to corner? Um, probably just. Figuring out where I was comfortable in my cushion with letting the receiver get close to me and when I need to turn and flip my hips and all that. But, I mean, I really figured that out, like, a quarter into the game. I just had to learn to gauge the speed a little bit quicker than I usually have to. Uh, and I feel like I'm talking about, too, like, what, like kind of describe the the level of, of competition that you face, because you're obviously you're in the higher of the two leagues. So mm-hmm. what 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 kind of was the was the level of, of competition? Um, Really, it, it wasn't. It, it, it was good. The competition level was good. Um, it really didn't feel no different than than playing in college. Like some some of these players are really good, especially the Americans. They bring over to the. Week one, the American, I ended up just following him wherever he went. He was a receiver that played at um, Cal and then finished his career at uh, University of Nebraska. So they're bringing over uh, a lot of Division One or former um, NFL, CFL guys that are for their Americans. And then the Japanese players as well. We got a couple people on other teams that play in the CFL or played in the CFL and come back for the season. So they've got some quality players over there. It's um the game the game really flows. You gotta you gotta be on your stuff. It's not a it's definitely not a pushover league at all. And, and, and so now when, when you're able to hold your own against those guys, those those former high level guys, those former CFL guys, what 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 kind of does that does that mean to you? I mean, I'm sure obviously you you have a belief that right. you can play with those guys, but like. Just like showing that and having that on film to show, what does that mean to you to to now be able to show proof? Like, yeah, I can play at this high of high of level. Um, it really don't do nothing special for me at all. Because, like you said, I got the mindset. I already knew I could do it. I felt like I was better than them before I got there. I really felt 
almost disrespected that they thought they could beat me, honestly. So it was like, <clears throat> it wasn't really like nothing to me, but it does, it's like I've been having to prove that my whole life from high school. I ain't get to start playing varsity till my junior year. College, I really ain't get no playing time till my second year there, third year there. So it was like I've always had to tell somebody else, like, bro, I'm telling you, I'm I'm good like that. And then kind of had to prove it. So it's really no different than what it's been. So it's like, it's, it's the same feeling. Like, I'm not surprised. Y'all might be surprised, but I've been said I was like that. So it's really the same thing. It had much it hasn't changed in that aspect. And, and when I saw you, you for a while were uh, among the tackle leaders. I, I was not surprised by that. Um, some of the, the 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 tackles, the big hits. I was like, that's vintage Trayvon Craig. Like at a certain point, did did people kind of like start trying to uh, to avoid you? I mean, I'm I'm sure. They would have seen the physical play and the big hits. Um, is, is, is like, were, were, were any people trying to like avoid you uh, throughout the uh, season? Yeah, um, they definitely would. I mean, they're they're competitive just like I am, so they don't they don't want to just shy away from the competition. They kind of want to be like, you think you could beat us? We want to beat you too, type thing. So it's every once in a while, I'm sure they didn't enjoy going at me the whole game because I think I only had one missed tackle the whole year and. Um, we came into it was a it's this team called uh, Saga Mihara Rise. They're based out in Tokyo. Um, they got an American receiver and an American quarterback. So you know me, I like to talk to people in the game, especially nobody else really know what I'm saying. I'm gonna talk to the people that can hear me. So I'm <laughs> I was telling them the whole time, throw the ball this way, man. I'm getting bored over here, and I come up. I probably done had um maybe one or two tackles by halftime. And that's not really, that, that's not much action for me. So I'm talking to them in the middle of their huddle. And I'm like, so what's the deal? Why y'all not coming this way? Is the game plan to run away from me? And they were like, well, yeah, we're not going over there. And I was like, oh, all right. But yeah, they kind of, <laughs> they didn't really want to go that way too much. I mean, I can't you blame them. <laughs> I mean, they're trying to win the game. Right. <laughs> right. I'm saying, I'm always trying to play too. I want some plays. Like, at least give me the chance. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but they said they can't take that chance. <laughs> and it worked out for them. I think they beat us by a touchdown too. I just, you know, and they, had to, they had to do what they had to do. Uh, um, so, so like, which, which I say, what, what moment sticks out to you the most from this past season? Um, in like in the game. Yeah, 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 in the game. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shout out my boy Rayquan Wicks right quick. Uh. We always had this competition to see who had the best hands on, on defense. I got I got to tell them now, I ain't got no hands, bro. Because our, <laughs> I want to believe it, but I got I got to believe it. I'm a true DB now. I had a in our first game, there was a slant route um when I was at at corner, I was covering the slant. And the ball comes straight to me and my defense, I was looking at the receiver. 
the ball comes straight to me. I put my hands up to catch it, but it's not like I don't catch it like this. I put my hands up like this. You see it on the film. I pretty much just block the ball from hitting me in the face, and I drop it. It, like, bounced up in the air off my knee, goes up. I dive to get it. I missed the ball. But it was right in my hands. If I catch it, it's a pick six, and I just dropped the ball. So that probably stick out the most because I, I didn't have no interceptions on the year, and I was like, bro, that was in my hands, and I just didn't catch it. Yeah, you know, it happens. I mean, we had that problem um, for a while. I bet mean, it was it was very sudden this year. I felt like we dropped, like, three picks. Uh, it was. It just, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't a great year. I, it was weird because um, I want to maybe Mosley led us in picks. I think uh, I, it was. Hey, I, I, he ain't got, <laughs> no, but hey, he did it here. <laughs> now, okay, now I will say though, I will give him credit because he did do what he did against uh, Washburn last year, where he yep. should have had that pick six and then ran directly out of out of bounds. He had yep. a similar play, and at least he stayed in bounds till he was forced out. So right. I do give him credit on that because that, that that you know right. we have green grass and we're just running <laughs> straight out of bounds. Like, what well, well, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> he got excited. He didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's tough. Um, I was like, what was I going to say now? Um. So, so kind of when you look back on your rookie season, what, what, how do you feel like you did? Uh, about as good as I could have done, honestly. I think that um, aside from dropping the one interception, there wasn't really much else that I could do that didn't already come my way. Like I said, I only missed uh, one tackle on the year, so everything that I touched, I pretty much made the play. So it wasn't really a whole lot that I felt like I could have done with given what came my way. Uh, and and kind of what what are your your kind of goals um, for next season? Um, obviously, tackling is one of the things I love to do. So I want to make sure I stay on the leaderboards with that. I think I finished uh, fourth in the league this year. I was the number two DB. I was behind my teammate by a half a tackle. So it wasn't. It was a. A pretty productive year on that side of the ball. Um, I want to definitely get some interceptions next year. I've been working on uh, my coverage, man coverage, and everything like that, making a lot better with my footwork, staying in phase with the route. So this year, I just need to come up with some more interceptions and um, make the uh, the Japan All Star team. I don't know if you know about this or not, but they played. They call it the Dream Bowl. It's uh, Japan All-Stars. This year they played against the Ivy League All-Stars. Um, I think last week was the game. They flew them out to Tokyo and had a game out there. I didn't end up getting picked for the All-Star team this year, which was crazy to me, given uh, the production I had and not really feeling like there were many people that could compete with that. But <clears throat> I guess I just got to do a better job of making it more one-sided than I felt like it was. Um, and definitely to um, get some playoff wins for my team and try to get the championship is definitely at, at the top of my list for next year. Now, you said you finished a half tackle behind one of your teammates. Now, were, were you all aware that like throughout the season that he had that half tackle lead? Or, or, or was it just kind of known like at the end of the season that he just happened to have a half tackle more than you? 
Um, we were really back and forth all year. They put out the stats every week. So after each team plays, they'll put the stats out. And it was always – I was up front or I was leading him or he'll lead me. It was flipping back and forth. And I think I had him for maybe two weeks in a row. I had more tackles than he did, but he wasn't far behind. He had like one or two less than me after every game. And um, just I guess he pulled ahead in our last game like – I think he had 23 and a half. I had 23. So I'm, I don't know how they calculate the tackles or whatever or when they're giving halves and when they're not. I'm not really too sure, but ended up beating me by a half attack. But it was definitely one of the things that we was going back and forth. I practiced a lot about talking about we was going to beat each other at the end of the year. So he got one up on me this year. So I got to get him back. <laughs> uh, now, now, I did notice in a lot of um, – the, the either you either your stories, your picks, the team stories, their picks. Uh, you were wearing your UCO gear a lot. Um, yeah. Like, did that ever generate any kind of like? Was that a conversation started? Did you ever get any like questions about it? About where I went to school. Yeah, yeah. Like when they saw the UCO gear and that kind of stuff. Um. Yeah, a little bit. They just kind of asked where it was because they didn't. Like, they know the geography of the U.S., but it's not really too, like, Edmond's not really a city nobody knows about if you're not living in Oklahoma for real. So they, I wouldn't really, like, specify where it was at, but I just told them what school I went to and all that. And uh, crazy thing is one of the coaches, my defensive coordinator from last year, he uh, spent some time coaching in the U.S., but he was at OU, so he spent some time in Norman, so he knew where the school was at. But um, they definitely, they were a fan of the gear, and they all asked me to bring them some stuff back. I, like, I don't know if I got that kind of pull up right now, but if I can get y'all something, I I mean, you got some contacts, though, right? I mean, Mosley's still there. Buck Hype's still there. You know, I man, I'm sure they could finagle you some gear. You know? Yeah, they might. Just like that in there. Uh, <laughs> now, I got to ask. I got to ask now, because... You keep changing jersey numbers. I think your first year you were 49, <laughs> then you were 37, then yep. you were seven. Now yep. we're at the lowest possible number of zero. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what, do we, can we just not settle on a number here? Like, what? <laughs> it is not my choice. <clears throat> it has not been my choice. If I had it my way, I would have had seven every year and I would have never changed it. But, you know, coming in, I, well, I was a walk-on my first year, so I didn't have a choice. They didn't even know if I was going to suit up or play or do anything like that. So they kind of just threw a number on me. It was like, there you go. And then I ended up making it to be able to play special teams. So they was just like, well, you're keeping the number. It was a seven was a quarterback number. I think it was uh, Will at the time was our starter. So they weren't going to take his number and give it to a walk-on that don't start. And then the next year, it was pretty much the same situation. I think one of the quarterbacks had it. So I, 37 was my all-star number in high school. So I was like, well, it got a seven in it, and I wore it before, so I'll take 37. And then senior year, you know, I had a little bit of little reputation built up. I had a little bit of, you know what I'm saying? I got what I wanted a little bit, so I was like, yeah, I want seven. So I got it. I'm going out to Japan. They sent me a list of numbers that I uh, that were taken and that weren't taken. And seven was one of them that I was taking. It was like one of the only ones. It might have been like four numbers that I couldn't have, and seven was one of them. So I was like, man, come on. 
And I really ain't cared too much for none of the other ones. Oh, seven and thirty-seven were both taken. So I was like, there go my options right there. I was like, I ain't never wore zero before. Let's go with that. And then, hold on. See, this is what it's crazy why you say that. Cause seven opened up for next year. I was gonna get it, but I was like, man, I didn't already establish myself as zero in the league and all that. So I'm just keep it. Nigga, that's what I was about to ask. Are we going to keep zero now, or is the musical chant going to continue? Bro? Like, I, bro, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I feel like, I feel like if, <laughs> like, if the merchandise was a shared stake, they would truly love you, because they would know every year we have a new Trayvon Craig jersey to sell. Meanwhile, yep. the fans would be mad. Well, we think you buy Man. one Trayvon Craig jersey, they got to buy another. <laughs> and that's and that's part of the reason too, because I was really debating. I was like, man, I ain't even want zero. I wanted seven, so it opened up, and I was like, I'm gonna go get it. And I thought about it. I was like, bro, they already because they do a lot of merchandising and like marketing the American players in Japan. So they got zeros all over the place with my face and name on everything. So they selling like t-shirts, little pins, keychains, all that. I got hold on, I got one right here. I'll show you. They got little um, challengers cutout jersey like this with the zero on it, and they got my name on the back of it. Hold on, wrong way. Okay. So they doing they doing stuff like that, and I was like, yeah, they the fans gonna be a little mad if they got to rebuy it, and they, and they got seven on it. <laughs> oh, uh, now okay, now you mentioned that. So so now maybe those of us that that might want to purchase one of the is there like a website that 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 they have that 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 sells the stuff we can we can order it from. Yeah, um, it's in Japanese. I can't read it. I don't know. I couldn't even tell it to you. I would have to. I have to say I will put the link in my bio on Instagram. And if you want to get merchandise that way, you can do that. There's a lot of stuff that'll be coming out next year um, that isn't on the store right now. We're trying to get replica jerseys in there and everything up the merchandise game a little bit. But um, the site's not updated right now from last season, so. I don't know if it's really too much on there you can get, but it's definitely going to be, I'll put that in my bio and anybody who wants to support can go in there and do that. So when you see that now, you know, your name and number on keychains on, on other things, what does that mean to you? And man, it means a lot because like, it's obviously it's not the level that I always imagined that I would be playing at or could be playing at. But it's always been my dream to get paid to play football, and that's what I do now. So it's kind of like uh, I went from nobody really thinking that I was going to even go play in college to now I get paid to do it. So it's like uh, definitely not that I made it because this ain't the – I love playing in Japan, but I still got dreams to go higher. So we're not all the way where I want to be yet, but it's just like cool to be like I play professionally now. Yeah, because you're you're only one of three that are doing that. It's you, it's your former teammate uh, Robert Fuentes, who who's now in the indoor football league, and then there's uh, Josh Crockett, who's also in the indoor football league. Um, Marco, so kind of no, who? Marco Damio. Oh yeah, yeah, well I know. Yeah, he was in the he was in the XFL last year. I don't know what um, what he's yeah. So okay, so. Knowing that there's a select few of you that kind of, um, I guess, carry the UCO banner at the pro level, like what what kind of 
pride does that kind of give you knowing that like your play maybe help um, open some eyes on you see potentially about this people being interested like oh uh, you know okay I see Trayvon went to UCO or I see Rob went to UCO you know let me do some further digging into that like what does that mean being able to kind of carry that um, that name that experience with you into the pro level it means a lot because um, obviously especially overseas we're not really a school that people know too much about and many players come out of that just go and do those type of things. So it's, it's definitely good, in my opinion, to be able to have guys like us that are playing in different leagues at different levels and whatever and be able to bring attention to the school because, um, you know, even though it's not the NFL or nothing, it's still an opportunity to continue playing if you love the game. And I think there's definitely been a lot of people on the team that I've played with over the years that would have loved the opportunity to do something like that had they known about it um, opportunities being presented. So I think it just opens up a little more for people to go and look and find those players and see like our roster, even though there's only four of us playing professionally right now, probably about 10 of us from that team, our, our graduating team that really could have did it if they were in those positions and presented those opportunities. Uh, and and I don't know if you were able to kind of follow this past season. Um, it, it was kind of, it was kind of similar. I feel like to uh, 2021, where I think like there were high hopes and, and there were several um, close losses. There we had a few close losses. Um, mm-hmm. I guess like if if you had any any kind of like words of encouragement or advice to to this year's team, seeing how you all you were able to spearhead a turnaround. From four and seven to six and five, like, would you have any any advice or words of encouragement for this year's group um, heading into the you know spring and then the off season? Yeah, I really just say continue to buy in and have faith in what the coaching staff is doing because you know they they only in their what second year of really um, trying to get this program to where they know that it can be. And I think that they got the right people in place to do that. It's just, you know, it takes time to get a system really operating and be effective. So I, I'm, I'll just say keep buying in because they're doing some good things. And you really, like, as you've seen from the past season and seasons before, we're not far behind from anybody, really. It's just a couple mistakes here and there, or, you know, a couple technique issues that could fix some things. So just lock in, keep working, and it's going to hit when it's ready to hit. Uh, now I I did happen to notice now uh, because you do dabble in music. I, I I saw you were at at a studio up there. I was like, of course you'd find a studio. Okay, look, this is crazy, bro. Because it really just be happening. I don't. I wasn't even looking for it. So the city I live in, there's Japan's a very uh tight country with a whole lot of networking so like people know people and i was just going around finding places to eat or whatever and there was this restaurant that opened up right around the corner from where our apartment is and it was a like a a taco shop so i was like i ain't never had tacos in japan before let me go try these and i went in there talked to the dude and he is actually friends with the vp of my team so we're talking about challengers a little bit and you know eventually like we got cool like i didn't Kicked it with bro family, showed up to his his daughter's birthday party, his little daughter's uh, two-year-old birthday party. 
um, just go over there, chill with them and all that. And there's a right next to it, like connected to the building is like a, a performance lounge. And obviously they right next to each other. They know each other. I ain't know they've been friends for years, but that dude is like one of the major producers in Japan for like their famous artists or whatever. So um, I was talking to him one day and they were scrolling through my Instagram the day before seeing that I was doing music and posting music and stuff. And they was like, you want to get in the studio with us? So I was like, yeah, I got some songs I wrote that I just never recorded. So we went in there and just got to work and they liked it. And they was trying to, you know, do some performances. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do that yet, but we're going to see. I might be performing out in Japan at some point. I'm gonna say, but now you gotta, you gotta seize the moment here, now. <laughs> I gotta seize the moment now. Well, we, yeah. we, we can be, we can be football player by day, rapper by night. You hear that? <laughs> yes. yeah. oh. I'm, a, I'm, I'm gonna for sure do it for the experience. The only thing I'm hesitant about is like, I got songs that's most. I like, I like lyricism for real. So my bars be. If you don't know English, you're not gonna know what I'm talking about. And the beats don't really be that crazy. They they be more like melodic type beats. So I'm going to be in there and they're going to be looking at me like, I don't know what you're talking about. But if I bring one of them songs that got like one of them upbeat, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get the crowd hype. It don't matter what I'm saying. I just don't got a whole lot of those right now. Yeah, well, okay. Well, I mean, you you could you could put out a few that you do. Get, a, yeah. get, get, some, get some feelers for it, okay? And you know, do they, do they like it? not like it and you can kind of go from there i mean you don't have to display your whole catalog now you know you, right. put out right. a, you know one or two songs here yeah you know like like i always said i the door is still open if if you want to um if, if you want to do an intro for us the door is still open uh like i have the one i've, I've used for forever now so i mean if, if you got a i just so well whatever whatever the show show can do to um Get your music out there. Just let me know, and and we'll we'll uh, we'll put it in some video or something or another. But we'll we we we'll do what we can. We do what we can. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, no problem, sir. Uh, now I know you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan, so I have to ask here: What are your thoughts on the whole Adrian Griffin getting fired, Doc Rivers coming in situation? Uh, is. Interesting. I really don't know too much about what happened within that because it wasn't like the team was. We were second in the East when he got fired, so I'm not really too sure what the whole firing was about. But you know, Doc Rivers is a good coach, so um, the team's struggling right now. I mean, we we up and down a little bit, so I think we just need to find a rhythm because you know, bringing in Dame, having two superstars on the same team that's used to carrying their team on their back is kind of not. I don't want to say butting heads because they really are both producing, but the rest of the players really ain't doing too much right now. So we got to figure out a way to have two superstars on the team and be able to distribute the ball and make them work together for real to win some games. If we could do that, you know, we won the championship with only having one superstar on our team before. So working with two now is going to be, I think we got a good chance of figuring it out, but I think Doc Rivers is going to be able to pull it together. Okay, so it's good because I, I I know some some have been questioning Doc, you know, because of the second round exits at his previous stops and 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 stuff. So okay, okay, that's good. That's good. Comes in the man. Um, trying to think now. You you're a Packers fan, right? Was, was that that the case? 
You are? Yeah. Okay, so now, so because uh, your former teammate Bryston, he was high on Jordan Love the whole time. Uh, he was really getting it in on the post uh, yeah. <laughs> after his success this season. Yeah. <laughs> so now, I first got to say, uh, we, we know the Cowboys are much beloved in Oklahoma. Uh, right. I'm sure you had some teammates that were Cowboys fans. When right. Green Bay did what they did to Dallas, how much trash talk did you get in? Not much. I ain't have to. When the last time they beat us and it meant something. <laughs> I, I I ain't got to too much do too much talking. Look, the Bears, the Lions, the Cowboys, even the Vikings. When it matters, they don't beat us. I really don't do too much talking to them. Okay, but the Lions did with the division this year, though. Now you gotta you gotta give them, them that now. We beat them. It don't matter. We beat them. <laughs> it's where. It, <laughs> We were what, uh, seven and six or like eight and seven? I don't know. We was we was barely five hundred when we played them, and they was top of the division, still won the division, and we beat them, and it wasn't even it wasn't a good game at all. So it, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. They at the same place we are at the crib watching the Super Bowl, so we got the head to head. That's that's tough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I wasn't surprised Green Bay beat Dallas just because you know you, you never trust Dallas in a meaningful football game, but no. I was surprised it was that bad. I was doing something else, and my group chat was blowing up, and I was like, okay, let, let me let me turn on the game and see. It was like twenty eight to nothing. I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be like that because you know Dallas Dallas got a good defense, so. I definitely thought it was going to be a much closer game, but I ain't doubt for a second that we were going to win. But when we started blowing them out, I was like, oh, yeah, this is ugly. And then we we put our backups in, and they tried to come back. It was like, bro, why we pull them out just to put them back in? It made us look stupid. But we weren't going to the football no way, so we was just out there having fun. Well, I mean, I, you won't almost be the 49ers, though. Yeah, we did. We did. That was a really good game. But honestly, bro, I didn't expect that. I knew it was gonna be it was gonna be a competitive game, but the 49ers one of them teams that always give us trouble. It don't matter how good we play. They they be they got our number right now. So we gotta figure that one out. But it was a good game, but I don't think really nobody expected us, even the fans, that, you know. We we was hopeful, but we was playing, we ain't had nothing to lose. So, so okay, so who so who do you have in the what name is what name is what name is Super Bowl? Chiefs or the 49ers? That's tough because honestly, probably the Chiefs. Because if you can if you can stop McCaffrey's production, you can handle everybody else. Like Kittle smooth, Debo smooth, but they not really you can you can handle them. McCaffrey's the dynamic one where if we can keep if they can keep if Chiefs can keep the ball out of his hands, they probably be able to to wrap that one up. Okay. Yeah, I, I, it's just man, it's just tough to bet against Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Like, I just just given what we yeah. what we what we've seen from him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, great game, Wait, though. 
Yeah, I know it's 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 I know the disappointment. I know a lot of people wanted to see um the lions in there. So I'm sure you were obviously happy when uh they you know crept the bed there and collapsed and, and lost that <laughs> and lost that's that game. Because they would have it would have made the division look good and that's a moral victory for us because they in the Super Bowl and we beat them. I kinda wanted that one, but it's not really too Ain't too much you could do about that, but it definitely would have been something to see the Lions go to the Super Bowl, especially after not having the best track record in the division. And yeah, it was it was really it was cool that they lost, but I, I kind of wanted them to win just to you know have bragging rights, be like, yeah, we mm-hmm. beat y'all. It was suck. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I can, I can, I can, I can see that, but like. When Baltimore lost as a Steelers fan, not gonna lie, I was pretty satisfied with that. I, I you know, it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, yes, it could, it could make the division look good again. Not being against Lamar Jackson, I love the man, but like, I no, no, no yeah. I can't have the Ravens fan. I just, uh, it's just, it's yeah, no, I, the way they always steal Steelers draft picks, the last, yeah, no, no, I, no, I, no yeah, no, so, uh, okay, okay. Okay. Um, I guess my final question for you. Last time we saw Trayvon Craig, he had a low style haircut. Now we <laughs> see Trayvon Craig and he's got that. So uh what what uh what what kind of sparked the, the hairstyle change? Uh no barbers in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean they they got them, but I don't really know if I trust them to be I spent some time learning how to cut my own hair while I was out there. So it wasn't, it wasn't really nobody I trusted with my hair. I just been, I kept it in braids while I was out there. So I'm trying to grow the size out so I can do the braids all around and then I'm going to trim it down. So you're going to see another change by the time you see my picture next. But yeah, ain't no story behind this other than they, I ain't trusting to cut my hair. Well, you got this. Oh, you got the, you, so you tell this. So yeah, there had to have been a one barber. That, right. that 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 could have that could have sufficiently might, might, might not have been you know fantastic, but could have sufficiently have cut your hair though. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't gonna find. Out. <laughs> yeah, like I'm gonna find out. Uh uh. Because see, my thing is, and it, and it's crazy because I don't be that picky with barbers here, especially with my hair longer because I can cover it. But like, I don't know. It's just like I can't trust them because. I mean, let's be honest. It ain't really no black people or mixed people in Japan. So you don't even know how to handle my hair if you wanted to. I'm like, you know, I, if anybody going to mess my head up, it's going to be me. So that's that's what I was doing for a little bit. Okay, true. true. Okay, I, I'll, okay I, I, I'll, I'll give you that. I, I will, I'll give you that. Yeah, that, that, that is a very valid, uh, valid, valid point there. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> So I, I guess uh, what what kind of are your um, off season plans now that you're um, back home and and uh, chilling? Uh, just same same thing, different day. Working out, um, about to get into the off season work, lifting heavier and doing all that. I'm just uh, recovering. I had an injury throughout the season, so I'm just getting really just getting over that and trying to work my body back up to being as close to 100% as I can before I head back out. I'm supposed to be out in Japan in April. Uh, we got a sponsor game coming up in May. Um, for the new for the new sponsors, we got to 
kind of put on a showcase, make them think they got something to throw some more money into. So um, just really getting ready for that, getting back conditioned, getting stronger, healthier, and trying to be more productive for next season and make a statement for real. Oh, well, um, I mean, I'll, I'll, as I followed this year, I'll be following on along again. Um, I, I've seen some of the clips. Uh, they was like, yeah, that's, that's vintage Trayvon Cray right there. So, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, it's, uh, I appreciate you taking time to come on and talk to us once again. Like I said, I think you are the first pro player we have on here. I, I believe so. So, um, I think you're one of the very few reoccurring guests. Well, I guess I mean you just lame. There was Peyton, but um, yeah, but yeah, no. So I, I I appreciate you taking time to come on. I'll I'll be sure to um, I'll get the link for the uh, the, the 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 website from your bio and, and put it in the uh, description here. So people that 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 watch that don't have um, social media can get to the store. Um, and and get some of your uh, gear and some of your you know challengers gear. Um, yes, sir. but uh, if you ever want to come back on again, um, you 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 cook up a cool intro. But whatever it might might be, we'd be more than happy to have you back on. Just um, let me know, and we'll uh, we'll set something up for you. I I did I wasn't aware that um, there was a fourteen hour time difference though. That is that yeah. is crazy. Yeah, man, it's wild. Every when when we waking up, they going to sleep, and vice versa. So it's real, it's real different. That's yeah, that's that's crazy to me. Okay, well, okay, well, um, <laughs> well, okay, well, <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you coming on, and um, I said I'd be more than happy to have you back on, and I, I'll be pulling for you, and uh. Following you and you again this season, knowing that it will be number zero, there will be no other number change. So that's that's yeah. very good. And shit, I because because see, Ray Palmwick was doing the same thing, and it, see, it gets annoying because I'm like, all right, I know for a fact this is his number, right? Like I'm trying yeah. to think, like uh, right, it's like Lane. Lane was the same number the whole time, right? Yeah. I know Moses been the same number the whole time. Buck has been, a, but when people start. Changing numbers on I me. Mean, it's like it's like when Rob went from ninety four to zero. Yeah. Mike went from ninety to eight. Like I like okay, yeah. f- I get it. The single digits, it looks cool. I get that. But like now, I gotta watch the game. I'm like, who is he? Again? Oh yeah, that's Rob. Or, oh yeah, that's Trayvon. And it just what? Now you got a new perspective on it. We ain't all had our first choice our first year. Sometimes we gotta thug it out until we get one. Oh, oh okay. Oh, so now I get that. So okay, so now like when you were at UCO, so like was the numbers determined by like if you were upperclassmen, you got like first dip? Because like I know there have been times where like there's been some newcomers that have gotten single digits. Mm-hmm. So like how did that process kind of kind of work? It really just depends on who's in charge of the numbers that year. Sometimes it'll be uh, seniors will get to pick first, or sometimes it's starters pick first. Or it's just it depends. Sometimes you you will pick a number, and if you're not being as productive, somebody else will get the number. If you're not gonna play as much, or it just really depends. It's a whole lot of different things that it could be. It changes every year, but typically it's always the guys that are 
um, reliable that you know are going to be on the field, know are going to play, contribute to the team, will more than likely be able to pick whatever number they want and that everybody else is going to get what they want or get what they was left over. So it's kind of just, if you're going to produce, you'll, you'll get the number you want. If they're not too sure, you're going to get what's left. Okay. Like, yeah, I, I guess that makes sense because Terrell was 81 for a period. Then he yeah. comes out in 17 all of a sudden. And yeah. then this past year, he's number eight. It's like, again, yeah. can we, like, we <laughs> stick to one? <laughs> yeah, that, that one, I don't, oh, know. I don't know And that was with that one. I don't know if he wanted 17 or if he really wanted eight the whole time. Uh, he might have just been like, whatever, I'm switching numbers. Not everybody do that. Well, see, I think, well, see, I think he wanted eight because he was, he was number eight in high school. Okay. But like the, the yeah, but then he switched to 17 like mid-season. Which yeah. I was like, I, I didn't know we were doing that because it it messed up the stats because like I would notice it would have Adrian Wilson listed even though it was it was Terrell making the catches because that's just what it was on the roster. It was, right. you know, so it was like it was screwing up stats. And I, I know for a fact that was uh, that was annoying Brandon because he had to go back after the fact and change it because it was accumulating like, it for uh for uh, Adrian Adrian Wilson, but now oh okay. Okay, that, 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 that makes sense. That makes sense. I know. That, um, well, anything else? Okay, well, um, I think that's all I have for you, Trayvon. Um, I, I, again, I appreciate you coming on and uh, wishing you the best of luck uh, moving forward. Yes, I appreciate you having me, always supporting and showing love. It means a lot. No problem, Trayvon. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. So again, I want to thank Trayvon for taking time to come back on and talk to me. That I again, his story it just continues to uh, inspire, to amaze. There, um, it's just like nothing comes easy for this for this for this man. But like he doesn't hasn't quit on his dreams. Doesn't plan on quitting on on his on his dreams, even if it kind of takes a detour, winding road. Um, which I, you know, I think that that's, that's life, right? I don't think, I mean, sure. Some, some things come, come easy, but I think anything worthwhile, um, it's just going to come with the challenges and it's, pit, and it's pitfalls. And it's, it's really good to see, um, guys like Trayvon, uh, guys like Rob, guys like Marco, um, guys like Josh Crockett that, that have, kind of had those dips and peaks and, and are still continuing to pursue that uh, dream. So I uh, know I do appreciate it, Trayvon. Um, like I said, we're going to try to, to get some of his, some of his music being used um, this upcoming season here, get the man some shine. Because I do know when we put out the uh, weekly highlight videos, those do get pretty good traction. I think we actually averaged Maybe maybe around eight hundred views on those this season. Just like looking at it, we had some high nine hundreds. And the lowest we might have had was maybe five hundred. So uh, those get pretty good traction there. Um, more so than the one on one, I think, just because of the tags I'm able to use in there. Because um, I think if you were typing up my football highlights and my posts, I'm not sure. But whatever it is, though, it does generate a lot. Um, which is which is which is which is which is good because obviously more eyes we can get on you, you show 
football the uh the uh better there. So uh so yeah, so um what you can expect um this will be the last video uh until next Monday we will have signing the sign day special will be out then. Uh and then from there I plan to reach out to a few more, not gonna lie. We getting we're getting kind of thin right now um, in terms of like proven guys that we haven't talked to before. I know the big one that was requested a lot was Dawson. I was glad we were finally able to get that one. Um, there is a few more I do want to get to um, at some point this offseason. Um... Well, we gotta figure that because I know we'll have the uh, the uh, Bronco re Rewind right where we show the full-length edited games from this past season. I gotta figure out when to start that exactly. Maybe maybe June. I, I can't remember when I started that last year. I have to go back and check. Uh, but that'll be upcoming, and then obviously we'll have spring football not too far from now. Hopefully able to make the uh, spring game this year. That is the goal. Um, but regardless, that that'll that'll be some stuff. We'll probably have another live stream like we like we've done uh, the past couple of seasons. There probably um, you know Lane and Peyton is gone. That's unfortunate. There, those those were two very reliable reliable cats. Um, I, I'll probably we'll probably get. Um, probably get Hunter again and then maybe reach out to uh Delso and and and, and Dawson or somebody. We got we got options, don't worry. We we definitely got some options there. Um but that's kind of what you can expect upcoming. I'll probably have another channel update at some point um after spring just uh just kind of give an update on, on, on what you can expect during the summertime. Cause it's usually the low period, which is kind of why I uh, do the Bronco Rewind so we can get some content in there. And and, uh, and I, I haven't gotten a copyright strike for it yet. Um, so until I do, we're gonna keep on keep on doing that. So um, and then maybe in that in that low time, maybe this summer is when I start that other podcast like I've been teasing. And I do want to start. I've like got everything made. I just haven't um, done anything with it yet because I've you know been doing the off-season recruiting stuff. So that might happen. I do know uh, I've got a few people that want to come on that. So uh, we might get that rocking and rolling. But so that's what, uh, so that, that's what you can expect um, come Monday. Over here, the Shining Day special should be up or after, shortly after midnight. And then um, it'll be up on the YouTube channel, 6 p.m. Central Standard Standard Time. If you wish to um, purchase uh, some some gear to support Trayvon and his teammates, that link is in the description. I, I know not everybody has Instagram, so we'll put the uh, link, the link there for you. So... Um, if you do wish, I know whenever those replica jerseys come out, you best believe I'm going to be copying them and wearing one for sure. I got to support the guys that support you. So 
until next time, my name is Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. JG Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.